ADT professionally installs Google Nest products, helping to make your home safe and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security system from virtually anywhere. And with Nest Cams and Nest Doorbell, you get intelligent alerts on what matters most. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's Thursday, which means we are back with another episode of the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's seven, and we're coming at you live from a Cheez-It pillow fort in the E-League studios. (laughs) I think that might be my favorite intro so far. Question, though. Question. Okay, does it involve Cheez-Its? No, but if this is the best damn esports podcast you'll listen to all week, what was the one we did earlier in the week? It It was the best one until today. Okay, so we just keep upping them. We just up the game. Now, the question really becomes is tomorrow, when we're on This Week in Esports, is that now the best damn esports show this week? Or are we still better than they are because they're diluting our awesomeness? And no, I think it's just the best damn esports show you'll listen to in this very moment until we make another one. We'll say that. I mean, the bar constantly, constantly getting raised. Is it raising? Okay. Right, I cool. mean, if you hang upside down, that's what it looks like. this week unicorn is all about that blockchain nike asks you if you want to be like uzi blizzard continues to sign sports execs and gwent finally comes out of beta but first an update on our lead story from last week because your boy forsaken far dirtier wait a minute wait a minute you can't say my boy no 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 because see when i called it the ballsiest case of cheating you were like I felt like you were slightly defending him, saying, well, there's probably more ballsy cheating. They just didn't get caught. Now, dude, is just like a one-man cheating machine. He's just cheating for no fucking reason. Well, so I wouldn't say for no reason. Uh, obviously, he, he claims that he just wishes he would have never played this damn game. It's like getting addicted to meth. It just ruins your life because you have to put the word bots on the computers. No, I think he said that he... Believed in all of his other abilities, but his ability to aim. So, therefore, he used an aimbot program. You know, I I would be just like LeBron James, except I believe in all of my abilities, except my ability to dribble, shoot the basketball, defend the basketball. It reminds me of people who, like, play FIFA or Madden and claim to be, like, they're the best coach in the world, except they've never actually coached a team, or they'd be the best player. It's like those armchair quarterbacks and so on and so forth, except this is an armchair CSGO player with an aimbot program who's effectively made it in there. Now, the, the funny part is, is, like, according to some sources, I'm not sure if I... Uh, I hope. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure who those sources are according to these articles, but uh supposedly the leaks there were things leaked that says that optic knew of his cheating past yep. and still continue to go forward with it even though there was several things including cheating in tournaments uh count account boosting and those accounts and cheating while account boosting right because those uh he was account boosting for people and then their accounts were getting banned because he was using cheats and they were getting reported by it 
uh, geez, I wonder why. But again, that was his original thing was that they said that he had used a cheat on his account, but he said it wasn't technically his when it was being played. Right, right, which is the the bullshit excuse of the week, right? Because it's like, well, I was cheating, but not technically my account. I believe the correct term is Clara. Anyways, uh, so that's just <laughs> random. Random from? aside, random aside. Uh, some people will get that reference and be like, hey, seven is somewhat relevant. Maybe even if it was a year ago. Okay, so 3% of our followers. <laughs> Maybe. Hey, it's a lot, more, a, lot, a lot more people thinking I'm intelligent than earlier today. So anyways. He says that he can barely spit out the sentence. <laughs> exactly. See, proven, proven my point. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, no, he was found cheating in another event. Uh, he that, was. The uh, India Premiership finale, which they actually took home prize money from. Well, uh, <laughs> well not anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and so he claims that you know nobody else knew, and he's really sorry because he's ruined their lives. He's not that, sorry. I mean, nope, he's not sorry. That's just stupid. I mean, at what point in time do you think, hey, I I've literally cheated my way to the top. I'm going to continue to cheat, and this is okay, and I'm never going to get caught. I'm going to continue to let up. Like, and so many people were claiming that he it was obviously he's been cheating. I just don't know. I mean, at what point in time, like, especially if you get in, say you get into like an e-league type broadcast or you get on a, a stage where multiple or, or thousands of people are watching you play, they're going to be able to see this aimbot thing kicking in. They're going to be able to tell. And I don't know how you think you're going to get away with it on a, a big stage. By renaming it word.exe. Okay, evidently. That's all you got to do. <laughs> McAfee. <laughs> Norton Antivirus is what it's called. And it just happens to be that it's, Whenever I go to load in my, my keyboard profile, my mouse profile, or whatever it may be, my customizations, obviously I need to throw in. He's just paranoid. He's worried there might be a virus that will infect his keyboard firmware. Right. It'll throw off his aim. Yeah. 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 Well, it definitely did something to his aim. Yes. So ridiculous. Where are you, where are you going with this? I just I what, don't. What version of Brian is this on this? Like, first you throw it at me like, hey, hey, your boy did all this. And then when I'm, I'm feeling like, sassy tonight. Okay. It's all these cheese it pillows. They just like. It just gets me worked up. It's like a giant giant cuddle puddle of Cheez-It pillows in this house. <laughs> There's nothing more disgusting than using Cheez-Its and Cuddle Puddle in the same. No, the candle's off. Yeah, I was looking for the candle. No, there's no candle today. No candle, no cuddles. Got it. Yep, yep. Moving on? We're not, we're not in sexy time mode. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so Unicorn has announced the rollout of crypto betting service. So the Mark Cuban-backed esports betting platform, announced a rollout of their Isle of Man-approved cryptocurrency and fiat live betting service to over 20 nations worldwide. Nothing screams legit like offshore cryptocurrency. Well, yeah, duh. I mean... <laughs> I was waiting for you to defend it, so next week I'd be like, your boys at Unicorn. Oh, I was going to try and find a way to use that against you, but I guess I can't now. Um, no, so the interesting piece here is that this is going to be ready for... League of Legends and Worlds. So this is going to be available for the finals because it's supposed to kick in this month. Mm-hmm. Even though there's only like less well, than a week left. And now might actually be interesting because you're not just going to put all your cryptocurrency on a Korean team. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> How, what's it going to be? It could be a, we could be in an all-EU final, man. What is, what, is, what is this madness? What world do we live in? Obviously, we live in a world where unicorn money can be used to make more money okay so i need everybody to use in a unicorn cryptocurrency to bet on na oh, and man, we will see, will them forward with our offshore betting are we 
Are we even allowed to like talk about that, say stuff like that? I don't know. I don't think there's no regulations. We have no influence. Ah, there you go. No influence. Got yes, it. Yes, we're safe. We have to have more than single digit listeners in order for uh, to get caught for those things. I so, I struggle. So wait, wait. If we have if we have single digit listeners and only three percent of the people think I'm smart. Correct. Correct. Got it. You have a pinky finger of one listener. <laughs> yeah. I struggle with unicorn. I <laughs> I just say I know. That's Contextless nice. statement. I struggle with unicorn. They just I, it, it keeps me awake at night. I don't get what this company is trying to do. What do you mean you don't get it? Cryptocurrency, they've been working on it since like 2014 or something. It really took you that long? I'm pretty sure I can just go download some code from GitHub if I want blockchain. Well, but if you want to be legit in the Isle of Man, what I mean... Don't you go to the Isle of Man because the bar for being legit is like on the floor? Uh, I, I really don't. I don't necessarily know. I haven't really been following it to that point in terms of cryptocurrency. Uh, I've not been a big blockchain nerd, they're, but they're, but they they've start they've gone into a couple things. So they definitely started in esports betting uh, earlier on. Ran into some issues. They then I think got purchased and were moved to Germany. They they were originally Seattle based, which is yep. I know my office was literally right next to theirs, and uh, and, and so I was like, what is this crazy esports betting thing? And then I realized, okay, cool, but this isn't really what I'm into. And then they they got like $10 million in funding, moved to Germany, and have been working on this for quite some time. I mean, obviously, they're basically trying to become a legit, just not fly by the seat of your pants. Like, look at this. We just, we're, we, we've stood up some Bitcoin or cryptocurrency gambling thing in a matter of minutes, and now we're the new thing. There's been other people. I think there's someone out of, I think... Maybe it was like Austin, Texas tried to come up with like the new currency for esports. But Unicorn's been working on it and working on it to be legitimate for some time. They've had they've been in the area the, the scene for quite a bit longer than some of these other people who have spun up. If and I'm gonna say if I was to go in and actually <laughs> uh bet on esports, which I don't, they would pro- they would be the first place I would go, in all honesty. Be- largely because I know of the people. I know them like personally, and I know that they're legit. You're thus right. Because I stand corrected. Not only are they legit in the Isle of Man, but also Malta. Well, there's those are ta- for tax reasons. I'm I'm sure. Yes, yes. Canary Islands coming up next. Why not? But I know that what they've actually been trying to do is legit. Sure. I mean, as far as I know, that's what for. But that was as of that was as 2014. But let's say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's dated sourcing there, sir. Yes, my IHOP source is quite old. Yeah, I I struggle with this story because I just don't. So to bring it back, like I feel like any organization trying to spin up betting in esports right now is asking for trouble. But they aren't trying to spin it up now. They've been spinning it up for no, no, and it's been a problem all along. This is like saying that, you know, somebody skin betting was a thing for a long period of time. It didn't necessarily make it okay. I just, I don't, I, I appreciate what they're trying to do. I'm fine with, you know, blockchain, cryptocurrency, yay, whatever. I get it. They're trying to say it's legit. There's this whole anti-money laundering thing that they do when they go through the Isle of Man. They talk very, spend a lot of time talking very much about, like, all these mechanisms that are in place because they're having to be preemptive because people are going to come in and say, well, here we go. Like, here's a way that could potentially influence esports in a negative way. It still boils down to the same problem that we always talk about when we talk about betting and unicorn is that, like, it's a different audience. It's a younger audience. 
trying to promote betting on esports is maybe the bigger problem for me than anything else. It's not about the legitimacy of them as a company. It's a legitimacy or my, my feel, personal feelings about the idea of promoting betting on esports. Well, I get that. We've, we've talked to that talked about that at length multiple times, right? What are you or, talking about? This is the third episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. The, uh, this week? No, I'm joking. This is why we rebrand so frequently is so that we can just hit the reset button on all these topics. Like, first time I've ever talked about this. <laughs> exactly. By the way, regionality and franchising coming up next. Yeah. Will Overwatch make it as a league? We don't know. We're here to tell you next. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you're not a big fan of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and esports betting. Cool. We'll, we'll mark that on the calendar. We won't talk about those anymore for, until the next rebrand. <laughs> but the Isle of Man makes everything better. Or the Canary Islands. Or yeah. the Canary Islands. Any of the above. All former British colonies is where you take your, where you take your money. All right. Let's get a map now. Yeah, Got it. Well, yep. Yeah. Moving on, so Uzi, and this is so this is a story that was reported earlier today and has since been updated. So the original story that broke was that Uzi had signed an endorsement deal with Nike, which would have made him the first esports player to have an endorsement deal with an American sportswear brand. That turned out to not really be the case. He's a part of a larger campaign that features LeBron James as well as some Chinese athletes. And so it's more of like, you know, this is kind of the same thing as like if Ninja were to get involved and, and do a thing around a brand. It's not like he's getting Uzi signature shoes or something of that nature. And I would imagine somebody with more reach as an in, nothing against Uzi, but like, you know, let's be honest. If you wanted to say, give a esports athlete their first signature shoe, you probably pick Ninja at this point, even though he's not technically right. an esports athlete. Right. I would. You would probably want to go with somebody with a little more pull. I would say than Uzi. Now, this isn't the first time. To be clear, this is the first time with uh, from like an uh, an American apparel yep. piece, right? Yep. We've seen. I think it was Faker was sponsored by Gillette. And that was one of the first ones we've seen in like a very long time. Yep. Yeah, and there was the one guy who painted his vans. Oh yeah, that dude. <laughs> the kind of TSM, if I remember correctly. You're right. You're right. The TSM guy who painted vans, hoping vans would make vans around his brand. Uh, anyways, squad goals. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you're. I feel like this is only thrown in here because you're a, a shoe. You have like a weird shoe fetish. I don't have any shoe fetish. What are you talking about? Oh, is that the closet? Is that the closet of shoes? We're not. No, that's where the rest of the cheese it pillows are kept. Okay, got it. You have like an entire closet, like dedicated. I literally to the ha- room. now have a Nike shoe tattooed on my body. Oh, that's true. You do. Yeah. yeah see, think about that. No, I think it's interesting. I don't, I don't want to think about that. Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's on my leg. Come on, mind out of the gutter. I think it's key for a couple of reasons. We have the we have League of Legends World Championship coming up, so his involvement in this campaign now is you know good timing. I think being involved with LeBron James, especially this campaign that this specific one is about, which is around the shut up and dribble campaign, which is very politically motivated, um, that are both big deals, right? Like you're a esports athlete during Worlds in America in an ad with. Arguably, and I would say you're nuts if you call it, even argue about the, the probably the biggest name in sports in the U.S. Well, I think it's 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 a huge thing, really. I know we're kind of like poking fun at it a little bit, but it's huge in the sense of legitimizing, legitimizing, legitimizing. There you go, legitimizing. I'm just making we're up words. Bottomize it. Yeah, that's that's what happened before the show, which is why I talk like this. Uh, so it's one of the things that does legitimize esports. 
little bit more, right? Puts it in the forefront of some people who didn't claim that it's not a sport. There's no competitive thing to it, whatever. It's fi- not physical. You're using a mouse. But, I mean, here it is someone. Like, I with, sweat with, when I use my mouse. I don't know about you. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I, Man, I dangled that one out there for you, too. Remember, no right. advanced swearing. It, that's exactly what was going through my mind. Demo saying no advanced swearing. Uh, but back to what I was trying to say, uh, which is just it, it's a great to have that kind of uh, you know esports represented in a mixed campaign as such. And I think it's huge. I would love to have seen someone from north america involved in some way shape or my assumption is is nike chose this because one rng was essentially uh going to be the, supposedly the going to be the ones who won yep right and this chinese team which is an important market for any company it's a huge market thing for them i also find it, anything politically motivated and being chinese related is so much of a somewhat of a dance i wonder how that got pushed through it's probably such a because it's only going to be a campaign in North America. I mean, they might um, not let Uzi back into the country, but you know, small sacrifices to be next to LeBron. I guess so. I'd do it. Hey, you would. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, no official Uzi shoes coming anytime soon. LeBron campaign. Kudos to Uzi. Good on Nike for featuring an esports athlete amongst other athletes. Um, I still think. Somebody, and it's gonna, I don't think it's going to be a Nike of the world, but a Vans, a K-Swiss, something of that nature is going to eventually go after somebody like Ninja and put a deal together. I mean, for Christ's sake, Gary V has like entrepreneur sneakers with K-Swiss, so anything's possible. I think Crocs are coming up next. Oh. Or flip-flops. Flip-flops and Dota 2, Dota 2 player because you've got to get that... Uh... you got to get that Gabe thing going. Yeah. yeah. Free Gabe cosplay. <laughs> oh man moving on activision blizzard has added more former nfl execs to the call of duty world league team so you know this thread that we have been pulling on for a while there was a rumors earlier in the year about the call of duty world league going into franchising it seems unlikely for 2019 at this point we already have the format there's still some information to be released but we would hear rumblings at this point if there was money flying around to put a league together, but it certainly feels like they are gearing up towards that in 2020 seems like a likely target because you don't bring an NFL exec on to run a C tier esport event that you're not planning on putting a lot of money into far more than what is currently being put into call of duty. But it does seem odd that they wouldn't time it with a game like black ops four that, you know, has the buzz that it has around. Obviously, they couldn't predict that this was going to be the case, and there is a yearly installment, but it did kind of feel like everything was coming together where they could have a very successful franchise launch when you have the best-selling Call of Duty game in a very long time. That would be a great time to take advantage of that, but it doesn't seem like unless they throw us a curveball right before the season starts uh, that that is going to happen. Well, I'm I'm glad that you took the stance of, like, it's not going to happen in 2019 because that was my assumption as well. I, I think a lot of people, like, they see this kind of move and they think, oh, it's coming. But we've already got the first events coming from Call of Duty World League. Unless December 7th is when right. the 2019 season yeah. kicks off. Right. So we're only looking at, like, being a month out. So if you're looking at it from that standpoint, um, it's too too late to bring someone in and just organize a league in a month. Um, unless you're like in the NBA, I mean, the Overwatch League did come together pretty quickly. What? What? What is in that drink, man? 
What? I can't troll? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, it was announced and said it would be coming in about a month or two, and it didn't. So I, I was going to try and pull up the information around uh, Call of Duty World League. I'm not sure how long they said the season was going to last. That I, information I don't have right in front of me. Um, I know there's like a $6 million prize pool. I know there's decent money behind it. It's the most they've ever had. But I don't know how long it's it's running. Yes, they've changed format. It's now five players, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And But it, it could it, it makes sense to bring a person in now to watch how the league currently performs, see how they could change it or make it, it better, um, how they're going to – it's going to take time for franchising anyways to kick in. We haven't heard any rumblings around who's getting franchised whatsoever. Um it would be cool if whoever wins out World League maybe get starts getting like guaranteed spots in franchising or somehow they work in uh, performance this year into franchising. They won't. We know it's about money, but I I think those things uh, all combined, um, we're still not going to see it in 2019. It'll probably be announced at next BlizzCon uh, in 2019. But I don't think we will see it right away. And my assumption is we'll hear about it, and it will be happening shortly after that. Or they'll do some reveals. This is—I mean—it would be huge. But the problem is, is that Call of Duty is such a yearly thing that we're at this at next BlizzCon, you're going to have a different Call of Duty that is not like the current Call of Duty. Right. Yeah. So it's hard, it's hard to tell what they'll do. But I mean, they're they're gearing up. Like I'm looking at this leadership team they put together right now. We've got a former NBA marketing and business operations exec. We have a chief marketing officer for the New Jersey Devils. We have a vice president of international business from the NBA. Like these are people like these are high powered execs with a lot of experience that probably gave up some pretty cushy jobs to come. And they didn't just do that to come do a bunch of like BlizzCon only esports, which is, is largely what the other games outside of Overwatch League have been up to this point. Certainly not going to do it for Hearthstone or Heroes of the Storm. So there's got to be something brewing. We know they're working on it. Like there's enough rumors flying around that you know this is a thing that they are considering. It's just I agree that the timing is probably going to be for the 2020 season. It'll be a question of when we start to hear about it and what shape and form it will take, given the difference. If we talked about it, probably ad nauseum at this point, but the difference in the format of the game. Yeah. So let's let's expand on that a little bit. So you've got a game that essentially. 100% changes every year, right? In in the sense of it, it, it's a different developer. It is a different genre, essentially, or era, and with a lot of different features in, in gameplay. Yep. And it's not just, ma- I mean, maps are 100%. Everything changes 100%. How are you going to build a franchise around a game that changes every year? I don't know if it, that's doable. It's hard because you could make the counter argument that NBA, 2K League, FIFA, you know, your annual sports titles. But we're talking about improvements to the game engine, which in a lot of ways, from an eSports perspective, I'm not talking about the rest of the game that surrounds it, from an eSports perspective, is largely the same game, and you could treat it like patches, right? Like the improvements to gameplay from year after year to FIFA are there most of the time. But it's not drastically, it's not like it went from soccer to baseball, or, you know, like you're playing, oh, that's the classic mode with old players only. You know, it's, it doesn't change as drastically, where this feels like it changes decently drastically. We talked about this last time about blackout mode, like how do you do blackout mode when it's a triarch thing that you now need to figure out how to make work in the other versions of the game that are being done by other developers? Right, I mean... 
you, you say it doesn't change drastically, but it, it does in a lot of senses because I mean, if you look at you're going from World War II uh, to being able to jump around with a jetpack, right? Like, no, 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 for sure. I'm talking about EA games not changing drastically season EA, to season. EAs don't, but yeah, 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 but the Call of Duty games do enough so that it feels like it changes the gameplay. Correct. It's 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 totally different, and it doesn't feel like laser a, a guns. Patch. It's it's literally like you're taking a set of characters or abilities and just shuffling them off and shuffling in completely new stuff, which means that people may be, uh, or, or, or players may 100% become ineffective because you've removed the things that they're, they're good at. And I, I, I feel like the way that black ops four was set up, um, in terms of how you have the different specializations, I feel like maybe they are going to plan on the, this black ops Four having more legs than just a year. It I hope feels so. like it. I mean, it worked for Rainbow Six in a lot of ways. Right. It's worked for Rainbow Six. They've taken a lot of elements from Overwatch, Rainbow Six, kind of combined them together, made their own little thing. And well, and obviously the Battle Royale stuff. But I think if you if you take those elements, uh, and now when you're, you're talking about doing some uh MTX or like microtransaction stuff, you are looking at a game that has to have legs for more than a year. I mean, how much would it suck to be like, here's a bunch of microtransaction stuff? And then now in a year, it's gone, right? Yeah. It doesn't really work. Yeah, we talked about this. It doesn't do any good if I can't be confident that my transactions are going to roll over season to season. I keep going back to the EA counter example because this hasn't stopped people investing a crap ton of money in FIFA Ultimate Team, for example. But it also feels like a different type of player base. It feels like a different microtransaction model. When I'm buying cosmetics and skins and you're making me rebuy those potentially every year, do they make it so the microtransactions can carry over even if the game changes? Like, there's a lot of options they can go with. They do have to figure out because, especially with them going down the blackout route, they have put themselves square up against long-living games like PUBG and Fortnite that don't have to worry about that problem. They just want to churn out the microtransactions as fast as they can because people just keep buying them up like candy. But that's a much different problem than what you do when you're trying to you know, create DLC and whatnot to keep a AAA yearly title going until the next time a new one comes out and changing your business model around that. It does, But this doesn't have necessarily... I don't know that I see this stopping people from investing in the Call of Duty World League, right? Like I, It seems like when it comes to these franchising models and when it comes to these new leagues that are springing up, that the money concerns far more land in the world of sponsorships and franchising fees and branding opportunities than it does really worrying about the impact to the gameplay and changes to the gameplay. And I don't know that anybody is sitting there going, well, I don't know that this will have as much legs as Overwatch because the game changes every year. If 12 cities or 12 investors and representative of cities are willing to plop in 10, 20, 30 million dollars a piece. That's all they need to hear. And we'll figure out the audience piece later. And you could argue that the Overwatch League doesn't do amazing numbers. The grand finals for the Overwatch League is not League of Legends Worlds, but that doesn't stop them from pulling in more money than League of Legends does from an esports perspective. So it's it's a weird thing where franchising is right now and everybody is very much treating it like an investment opportunity whether that be that you're an actual vc or that you're an organization wanting to start a franchise but you look at it as like ah, 30 million here for a potential billion dollar industry like let me on that and it's not about the direct return that you might see out of somebody trying to invest in a more traditional sports franchise and they look at it and they're like oh this isn't a small market this isn't going to make nearly as much money 
the worrying about return, at least as far as I can tell, doesn't seem to be a concern at the moment for most people getting involved. Well, they should be involved. They should be concerned about uh, the investment into a scene in which the the thing changes every year. And if you look at it historically, uh, Call of Duty has had ups and downs based on the type of game. And it was trending down, I believe, in some ways yeah. for the it last couple the, years. The modern warfare era and things started to... Right, right. And so if you were to invest in a basketball team and they were like, well, next year we might change the hoop height, we might change the shape of the ball, all this different stuff, and... Everybody has to wear clown wigs now. It, it, right. Are you are you going to invest in longer term contracts with any of your people? Not that esports technically runs in long contracts. <laughs> long term contracts. But would you would you understand the fact like you you probably aren't going to be able to keep these people year after year because things may change. Now, however, however, you might be willing to look past that because if you compare Overwatch League now, Activision ha- or sorry, uh, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, whatever has chosen to franchise within Overwatch, but if you look at Call of Duty. Call of Duty arguably has had, or will have have had, double the amount of sales in its opening month than Overwatch. Mm-hmm. That that alone should tell you that yes, franchising must be coming, unless it becomes a a, a thing where which you invest you invest in this Overwatch, or sorry, this you've you've invested in Overwatch, and now you're looking at the numbers that Call of Duty is bringing in, and it's double that. It do you worry as an investor in Overwatch because Blizzard is also paying love towards this other game and they're getting more mo- and those franchises are getting double the amount of viewership? Not saying they'll get double, right? But there's definitely double the amount of people playing. Well, and the thing to keep in mind is if you keep it in house, a Call of Duty World League does not have to spin up an entire esports infrastructure to run. They can double up on a lot of the stuff Blizzard already has in house, whether that's sales for example, is a, a common one. Some operation stuff, depending on where they choose to film it, they could potentially do it at the Blizzard Arena. They also have the MLG studios. So once you do the one, technically speaking, there are some economies of scale. I will, I will say this to your point, and this is maybe a little bit of a controversial statement, but Overwatch is not as big of a game as Blizzard wants you to believe it is. It is not... Like, it's sold... Don't get me wrong. Like, it's sold a lot of copies, but to your point... Like, look at what Call of Duty does for a single title that has largely been a console game recently. That makes a difference, and there may be more firepower here if you base it purely on the popularity of the game outside of the esports context. Now, that has not translated, at least up until this point, that has not translated into larger audiences for Call of Duty esports than it has for the Overwatch League, but we haven't seen the same level of attention be given to that game as an eSport as Blizzard is currently given the Overwatch League. It'll be very interesting to see what that ends up looking like when Blizzard and Activision throw that level of resources at Call of Duty, which is a more popular game from a sales standpoint. Yeah, and if you look at just from a sales standpoint, some of the numbers I'm seeing, again, it's going to these numbers are never going to be totally spot on because Blizzard, I don't think it will... Well, there are different snapshots in time. Right, right. In about six months' time, on PC alone, Overwatch did about $565 million. That's in six months on just PC, right? And if you look at Call of Duty Black Ops 4, it did 503 days. Now, it's not necessarily just on PC. Now, Overwatch did launch across all all platforms. Yep. 
But largely, I think it's a safe bet to say that the console portion of Overwatch is dying on the vine. I would say con- I would say it was probably heavier because Blizzard audience tends to be more PC based. Yep. And, and Call Mac of Duty, and, and, yeah, and Call of Duty's audience seems to be more console based. So it, I'm sure that those numbers may not weigh out the same. But if you look at 500 million, it's probably a, a close to at least I would say maybe what eight million people probably buying in. And yeah. I, I remember it took a little while for uh, Overwatch to to hit eight million. So it, it's right out of the gate. I mean, it's obviously huge. It's already blowing up on Twitch. I don't see how this doesn't get franchised. I just don't see how it gets franchised next year at this rate. Yeah, it's tough because you want to take advantage of it, right? And you could argue that, like, all we need the game to be is popular right now, and that is enough for us to, you know, grease the palms of some billionaires to throw some money our way. There's rumors that a lot of these people that are already heavily invested in Overwatch League have rights of first refusal for these markets. That was going to be my next thing. Is like, I wonder if there's some kind of weird bundle deal with Call of Duty that you could be. If you own an Overwatch team, you could probably get buy-in on Call of Duty. Which makes a lot of sense. Like, eSports, having multiple organizations gives you some cover. And if you're going to, say, own the LA franchise or one of the LA franchises for Overwatch League, you would want the LA franchise for Call of Duty. Like, that's a variant. Imagine if they offered that early on the days of traditional sports, right? Like, oh, if you got in for the NFL in San Diego, then you get right of first refusal for any sport that comes to San Diego. Just think of how powerful that ends up being. And that's effectively what could be on the table for these franchises, at least as far as Activision Blizzard games are concerned. Yeah, no, I think it would be – I'm sure something like that was written in in terms of Overwatch. I don't think you can – buy into a league at $20 million for a franchise that has nothing yet proven for it without either something more lo- more long-term incentives mm-hmm. or more opportunities somewhere along the line in the future to make more money outside of just that title. You have to entice some people in some way, shape, or form. So I think that, yeah, I, I don't want to harp on it too much. It wouldn't surprise me. I can't find the, the I was trying to find it, uh, again, the, what is the season of Call of Duty look like, and how long is it? And I and the only event they only have one event listed, and that's in December. Yeah, nothing else past that. So I can't tell you how long the season. A six million dollar prize pool could literally be a three month season, and then after that, they're going to have Call of Duty, like World League slash franchising stuff coming up. It, it could be. I don't know, but it, you you would tend to think that six million dollars and these events and they be- and they try to time it around the release of the game and because right. we don't know well i mean we know other versions of the game are being worked on by other studios we just don't know the timing of all of this and if i'm correct it was what last month i think the world league finally finished up for call of duty uh it was i think it's like august but yeah it, it's only Maybe been a couple of months so it, it could last until next august who knows it's just it's just a weird situation because this is a different Call of Duty than we've ever seen before, in terms of scope and how they've done it, mm-hmm. kicking out single player yep. and just making it battle all royale, battle things. royale, right? So who knows? Who knows where? Well, you know, every to. developer currently working on whatever iteration of Call of Duty is next, and the one after that, and the one after that is all rushing to put blackout mode in. We we don't know. We don't. They they have to be. If you if you're Activision Blizzard right now and you were looking at whatever you have in the pipe that we don't know about and it doesn't have blackout mode but it's the most popular thing about your current game and is arguably responsible for the rejuvenation of the franchise, how does it not? And if it didn't, guess what? They're gonna start. They're gonna force it in there because otherwise, 
I'm just imagine. Just fast forward a second, and the next Call of Duty game comes out next fall without blackout mode. Well, no. What happens if you just drop additional maps and within blackout? Like, what if you extend life of the current blackout mode? You could. That's what I'm talking about. You could. I just don't know. I, we're in uncharted territory. I don't know how that vibes. Like, I don't know. Could you release if there's no longer maybe there's no longer single player campaigns? Do you keep running with the thing, or do you move to the next game? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And I think the esports, much like we've seen with Overwatch, when that money starts coming in from the esports perspective, it can put pressure on the main game. This is true. So we'll see how it plays out. Moving along, Gwent comes out of beta with the homecoming update. So CD Projekt Red announced that Gwent, the Witcher card game, will release its full version on PC this week. It was already happened at the point you're listening to the show. And in early December, I believe it's December 4th, we will get the PS4 and Xbox versions. It's a pretty massive update to this game. This is not just coming out of beta, but they're making some pretty significant changes to the gameplay as well. Well, they had mentioned this earlier in the year, right around the same time they said, we're going to go, we're going to kind of go no more updates, no more constant like... Gone dark. Yeah, they essentially they're going, they said we're going dark because we're going to make some big sweeping changes and we don't want to keep iterating on the game in a live sense and or trying to support it from an esports standpoint. Uh, while we do so when we know we're going to completely change things so i think they finished out like one more of their tournaments right around maybe like may june and then since then they've kind of gone dark and they almost pulled a little bit what vainglory did except they kind of kept channels open saying yes we're still building this we're still working on this i think also the fact that just witcher is still around keeps them going so they still have some kind of tie to a franchise that is still being talked about in a lot of uh, a lot of circles so they didn't completely drop off the map, but this is a huge change. And on top of it being a huge change, uh, I know some people are saying like, oh, it's been 17 months. Technically, it's been in beta or early access. It, I don't think that really matters. I think they opened it up way early on. They probably opened it up too early, uh, especially when they have to do such a huge change in terms of dropping the amount of rows and everything else like that. Like, they did a complete graphical overhaul of the game, too. So it's... yeah. Not not small changes, like rather large changes. Still nothing on mobile, which we, and still nothing on Mac, which is sadden saddens me. But I think that uh, I, I it's it's now with uh, essentially artifact coming in to within like the next month. Yep. Knock on wood. With a much much shorter beta, we know far less about artifact than we do about Witcher. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. Uh, I mean, so artifact still technically Dota lore and, and so on and so forth but when you take in to to account those things uh it's gonna be there's gonna be so so many card games this winter to be playing and deciding on and everybody's fighting for attention and they're all just gonna be sad this is mmos all over again uh well i think the new, the new mmos all over again is battle royales right well yeah certainly but i feel like it took people a lot longer just because of the complexity of the game to get on the card game wagon than it took people to get on the, the speed in which developers have brought out battle royale modes has been mind-blowing but i also feel like generally speaking and don't throw vegetables at me folks but generally speaking battle royale is not a super complicated concept no not totally from a game design standpoint and what it takes like clearly people can just i mean it's literally Fortnite, right like just take this thing and make it a battle royale it didn't take them that long to do it. We have seen a lot of games pivot to that, sometimes from very, very strange genres <laughs> into Battle Royale. Uh, Maple Story 2, Battle Royale. Like, <laughs> some very strange ones that are like very orthogonal yeah. pivots. 
where the card game is much, much harder to develop. And when you look at things, Shadowverse, Artifact, Gwent, um, what's the the Elder Scrolls one, there's been a lot of these, and they just haven't got the same momentum. What I also feel like Hearthstone as a game has definitely hit a wall. Like, it's not growing at some crazy rate. It's still popular. It's still fun to play. It's still a, an eSport that mm-hmm. is drawing attention. But it's ran a little bit out of steam. And now these games are coming along. It very much reminds me of, like, Blizzard, MMOs, Warcraft, like Spikes, all these people are playing it. They're raking in money, millions of dollars, and they go and like everyone's like, oh, we got to make an MMO. And the good ones, the ones that really took a swing at being as good at Warcraft, just came in at the wrong time. They came at the bottom of the curve. They still couldn't get caught up because WoW was so far ahead. I feel like Hearthstone's in the same boat when we talk about these games not launching on mobile. When Hearthstone didn't launch on mobile, it was okay because we didn't have this analog other game that was available on mobile. Now we consider it table stakes, but the table stakes just raise the longer the genre exists, right. the longer the Blizzard can get out ahead of them. And I feel like, well, that's what's going to happen to a lot of these games. Yeah, I mean, once you start adding uh, all these different fe- feature sets and the ability to do this, that, and the other. They can't beat them to tournaments, though. Yeah. The uh, the expectation for any game coming out of that is is to meet what the current level is uh, in in the scene. So, I just think it's going. I would like to see uh, if where things are heading uh, is that you will start seeing more esports related teams that are around CCGs uh, or or basically around like you know you've got uh, Magic's out there, you've got Shadowverse, you've got. Hearthstone, you've got Artifact, you you know, we're getting Gwent, and I'm sure there are others like Eternal and so on and so forth. So, I mean, but there's at least five games that want, that are all competing for an esports scene, and I know that a lot of times they've taken streamers from, like, I've seen Trump, I've seen Crip um, and all of them playing the, across different games. Like, I'm wondering if there is going to be a spot in which you have a, a team that it competes competitively across multiple games just in that, because we found that just with Hearthstone, it's hard to be consistent and win enough and keep a team uh, and, and, and maybe win out repeatedly unless you're um, it's certain, like maybe two or three different players. But for the most part, it's, it's tough to continually win. But if you're doing it across multiple games, maybe that's something you can do. I mean, heck if we, if splice can take their halo team and throw them into call of duty, I'm sure it's possible that we could see, multiple or a person playing across multiple ccgs potentially especially if the games start to converge as far as skill set and mechanics and things yeah and i think that's that's what i'm talking about when i, I think earlier when we were talking about battle royales i, I think i said yeah it's technically easier it's not that it's, it's technically easier the rule set is is much smaller right comparatively and if you already have the engine in place you know, it's not that much to move the assets over, whereas, like, a card game very much takes a lot of, like, ramp-up assets to create. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, if you're PUBG, you just buy them off of the, you know, Unreal Store. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, throwing some shade. Wrap things up. Let's talk a little Overwatch League news. The, um, as predicted, it seems to happen every, I mean, I say every time. This is like the second season that we've had to deal with this, but we all expect we're going to go into BlizzCon. All the branding is going to get announced at BlizzCon. They're going to be super coordinated about it, but instead we have like teams announcing names and no rosters, teams announcing rosters, but no names. Uh, but we at least know a couple of the official new brandings that are uh, coming out for these eight new squads joining the Overwatch League at the beginning of season two. 
Yeah, so the Toronto Overwatch League team, it was rumored that they were going to be called the Venom. And I almost wonder if some of these things were being released to counteract either rumors and or uh, the fact that they had already been leaked. Right, they just want to throw people off the scent. Right. It got right. me with the Venom one. I was pretty stoked. You were hoping they were trying to be called Venom. Anyways, Toronto is actually called the Toronto Defiant. Evidently, that means you uh, run around faking uh, cyberpunk, uh, look, look and feel. Continuing, just, just continuing the long-standing tradition of shitty launch videos. <laughs> Hoodie gate. That's what it is. Uh, so anyway, Toronto uh, is now the Toronto Defiant. Atlanta, uh, they are the Atlanta Rain, which I... Personally, I don't like because there's already the Seattle rain. So I joked like that maybe this is the closest I'll get to one. I've lived in Atlanta, but close I'll get to a Seattle hometown team, uh, even though the Seattle rain and I don't know. It's just I, I don't know if I like it a lot, but they were the reason why they were the first to kind of release uh, was largely because they're they're branding got leaked early on and so they were leaked and i think within like three hours they were just like yeah screw it we're tweeting out our, our launch video it was pretty pretty close from when i think those things were hitting i think maybe even like 4chan i think was where some of them were were uh, yeah and that's where the venom screenshot was going around they had like a whole logo mocked up in the whole nine yards it's fairly convincing like they they definitely did a good job with the with the fake venom leak but i, I was sad <laughs> And then I believe the last one uh, announced, as you had mentioned, the the team name is yet to be announced, and maybe not even all of the players, because they, they threw out like a poster, a hand-drawn poster of all these different uh, players, and then they announced uh, the, their names. It's the Paris Overwatch League team, but they did leave someone without a face in a hoodie, nonetheless. XQC. It's happening. Oh, man, you keep throwing that out there, but that will not happen. No. I, I, not not with this team. But there are a couple of names you, you will recognize on there. Uh, Shadowburn and Soon are two that I'm really excited to see playing again. And uh, I, I think that this roster being about, what, half of the uh, half of the French players and then half of uh, the, the other half is European players, I'm hoping that uh, they'll be largely competitive. Yeah, I mean, so we got Soon, Nico, Ben Bess, and Hypey from the French side of the equation, and the more general EU players, Shadowburn, Donye, Fincy, LH, Cloudy, and Cruz. So a fairly large squad, all European-based, which I'm a fan of, taking the regionality seriously. We're just not filling it full of uh, South Korean players as... Uh, Shanghai Dragons? Shanghai Dragons, who basically just said, okay, we'll take all of the... Ex Kung Du people, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, so we've got former Lunatic High player Guardian, uh, Lucky Future Zenith player DM, and then we had four players Young Jin, D Din, Koma, and Luffy from uh, Panthera. So, yeah, oh, Panthera, yeah. All the, all the South Korean players in China. Yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting that they're going that route for what Shanghai is. It'd be, I don't know where Guangzhou will end up being, but. Uh, who knows? Who knows? I mean, Apex continues to be a uh, good place to recruit players. Who knew? At this rate, we keep adding Overwatch teams. They just might as well just just start. Re- Everybody's gaming. just in. We're at, we're out of pros. You and I will be uh, <laughs> just on the start bench. promoting Apex teams. It's really what you end up doing. Like this team is now the Paris team. This team is now Guangzhou. Like, yeah. I mean, I it's, guess it raises the stake for contender squads because there's a legit chance you're going to have to play on a team because we just can't possibly fill any more roster slots, which has been my concern in general with the expansion yeah, of the franchises. Quite a bit in that show we will not name. No, I'm joking. <laughs> the, the previous brand of show. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, that's Overwatch League. 
uh, news for like the last day. <laughs> I know it's been a little crazy. So more branding probably to come. It'll think it'll be just like last year where we were assuming it was all going to happen at BlizzCon. That just happened all before BlizzCon. And then Nate went out there and didn't have as much to announce as we hoped he did. Well, who knows? I, I bet that changes this year. I being that they've tried to shy away from Diablo announcements. <laughs> They're like, got to walk that back quick. Nate, come up with an announcement. He's like, I don't know, but I got this dope starter jacket. And that's going to be all we talk about. Right. He needs to cut. We need a new dope starter jacket every year. That should be like his thing. It, last year, though, they had the uh, uh, Overwatch, uh, the World Cup jerseys, which were actually really cool. Yeah. I hope they do that again this year. I mean, they have seen some of them, so I imagine they will make them available for us to purchase. Then I get really angry when by the time I make it to the booth, they're all sold out. I feel like um, I feel like you have you've been triggered in some way, shape, or form. I have as been. As. Yeah, I have been. I'm yeah, just saying. Moving along. Moving right along. As always, you can catch this show every Monday and Thursday, at least till we change our name again, on your favorite podcast app and iTunes. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there on the aforementioned iTunes, be sure to leave us a five-star review because it makes seven warm and fuzzy. That's right. I need those. Keeps the Cheez-Its coming in. And you can, of course... (laughs) Wow. You can also follow us at E-League Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, our uh, Discord at discord.eleaguereport.com. And coming up this Friday at 11 p.m. on TBS will be the first of three episodes following the E-League Cod Nation Challenge for Vets, the event we were at a couple of weeks ago. Definitely check that out. And rumor has it tomorrow we got some stuff going on. The the best esports show you will watch all week that happens tomorrow will be on This Week in Esports with Kate and Roby at Mixer.com slash Channel 1 at 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. So uh, come over and support us. Live talking about the state of all things esports pretty much. Hopefully they don't ask us about these same stories. They probably will. (laughs) Hey, this is the one time we'll be prepped for a show. It's going to be reruns. Oh, man. As always, if that's not enough esports content, be sure to check out our esports daily podcast for the day's top headlines available at Amazon Echo Flash Briefing or as a regular old podcast. Aww. I make it sound so sad and disappointing. Like the really cool, flashy new stuff, or if you know, you're just a lame like us and just listen to it in podcast form. <laughs> like this show. That's going to do it for this week. We'll be back again on Monday with the next edition of the Evening. We'll